Hey there, everyone. This is Pastor Lars Hammer from Lord of Grace Lutheran Church here in Marana, Arizona. Welcome back as I keep going with this uh, little video series that I'm doing, posting on Facebook and YouTube as I'm kind of piggybacking along with the sermon series that I'm doing on Sunday on spiritual gifts. So I thought that for posting online, I'd focus a little bit more on some Bible stories that talk about people encountering the Spirit and what did they see, what happened to them, what are some takeaways we might get from that, and maybe do this a little bit more Bible study-ish uh, than I would be able to do on Sunday. So right now, I'm walking through some Old Testament passages where people have encounters with God. So that's why I'm kind of calling this series uh, Spiritual Gifts and Spiritual Encounters because when people get the gift is part of an encounter with God. So today we're going to uh, look at the first king, Saul. Uh, before King David, there was a king named Saul. He didn't rule very long, but he was the first king of Israel. And the, where we are today, we're going to be in chapter 10. So look in your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 9. And the scene we have here is the prophet Samuel uh, has been told by God to go and pick this Saul character to be the new king. And so Samuel goes and he comes to God and then uh, we get this. We'll start at verse 9. Uh, As Saul turned away to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart and all these signs were fulfilled that day. When they were going there to Gibeah, a band of prophets met Saul, and the Spirit of God possessed him, and he fell into a prophetic frenzy along with them. When all who knew Saul before saw how he prophesied with the prophets, the people said to one another, What has come over the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? A man of the place answered, And who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? When his prophetic frenzy had ended, he went home. So, here's kind of the scene that we get set, right? Saul starts out, he's chosen as king, and one of the first things that happens is Samuel says, Yeah, on your way home, you're going to run into this band of prophets. And, and he says, you will go into a prophetic frenzy. And that's exactly what happens. Saul goes along and he runs into this band of prophets and they all join together in a prophetic frenzy. Now what exactly a prophetic frenzy looked like, we're not entirely sure. It doesn't give us a ton of detail. But what we can tell, judging by other occasions where people would do this kind of thing, is that it was very spirit-filled and it was very physical. So you can imagine probably lots of dancing, uh, maybe coordinated dancing. You could imagine maybe speaking in tongues would come with it. Uh, maybe there was instruments, probably people shaking around. That's the best picture we get, but this is a whole body thing. Right? It says you fall into a prophetic frenzy. And uh, so it sort of takes over you. The Spirit of God takes over him. It possessed him. And uh, 
All these people saw it. And the interesting thing was, they saw the prophets frenzying and they saw Saul frenzying and nobody said, you know, I think they're looking kind of weird. The, what they saw was that what they said was, has even Saul become a prophet? What? Because this didn't used to happen to Saul, right? But if you were a prophet, it would be a normal thing that you would have a prophetic frenzy. Now, I decided to kind of look at this verse because I know that we are, Lord of Grace, we're Lutherans. We're in a denomination called the ELCA. We're usually considered a mainline denomination. And as mainline churches, we tend to be a little bit maybe shy or hesitant about some of these more, uh, I call them the flashy spiritual gifts, prophesying, tongues, visions, interpretations. We tend to be a little bit more, maybe circumspect is the word, uh, maybe a little bit more wanting to make sure it's for real. And I think that's just, some of that's just our culture, our heritage, where we come from, that, you know, a lot of Lutherans originally are from Scandinavia and Germany, where culturally that kind of emotional expression isn't as encouraged. Uh, I think we also have a thing that we like to do as mainline Christians, is we want to ask questions about accountability. How do we know that what's going on really is a prophetic frenzy? How do we know it's not you know, mental illness? How do we know it's not drugs? How do we know it's not somebody faking it? How do we know it's not somebody just making stuff up? What's the accountability here? And so, as mainline Christians, we tend to be a little bit more hesitant to talk about individuals getting caught up in a frenzy and speaking, but yet it is in the Bible. So it clearly is something that is a part of our faith. So what can we learn? Well, if you look at what prophecy is, and I know prophecy's been in the news, which is part of why I wanted to take a look at this. You know, you turn on your TV, you turn on YouTube, and you see these people uh, standing up there and they're prophesying. And who made them prophets? Who chose them? Uh, nobody knows. Most of the time, they just picked themselves. They, they were sort of self-ordained, self-chosen prophets. There wasn't a band of prophets that came along and said, you know, I discern in you, Bill or Susie, uh, the gift of prophecy. A lot of times they just sort of declare themselves prophets. And so you have these videos on YouTube, and we saw a whole bunch of them around the election, of various people prophesying for their political candidate. You know, and they'd, they'd get up there in front and they'd, they'd, you know, they'd squint their eyes and do the whole bit. And, and they would proclaim that such and such political candidate of mine is going to win. That the, I prophecy, the Spirit's telling me that candidate so-and-so will win this election and candidate so-and-so will win this one. And, you know, of course, the skeptics then gathered all those YouTube videos together and put them into compilations to then show every person who prophesied for someone who didn't win, see, ha, 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 look at you silly people. Uh, you prophesied and it didn't come true. You're all just a, it's all full of nonsense. And that's what we see. And I would tend to say that if you see somebody standing up there and they're prophesying for their political candidate, they're probably more likely praying for God to help their political candidate win. You know, and what they're really doing is asking God to get their political candidate to win, but that, that doesn't have the same authority to it as speaking with that sort of uh, authority that's saying that the Spirit of God possessed me and told me that so-and-so was going to win. 
Uh, and of course, if it doesn't happen, then what? Did the Spirit of God not possess you? Well, it would say in the book of Jeremiah exactly that. If a prophet says that it says something and it doesn't come true, then you know he was a false prophet. It actually says that. So I would say if you go through that YouTube video and somebody prophesied for a particular candidate to win an election and so-and-so didn't win, then it wasn't the Spirit of God and they weren't prophesying, they were really praying and asking. And I think there's a danger in mixing up the two. It's okay to pray for God to, to choose good candidates in an election. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with praying that, you know, God, help me discern who I should vote for. Uh, help show me what is the best way to build a just and compassionate uh, government and policy and whatnot. But when you speak with the authority and say, I prophesied this, well, then you, then you better be speaking from the Spirit and not just wishful thinking and then attaching the word prophecy. Because you don't get to pick that. If it really is prophecy, the Spirit of God possesses you and it grabs you and it convicts you and it tells you what to say. You're not even really doing it of your own volition. And so if you're doing it of your own volition, then it's not a prophecy, then it's really not prophecy. And so you can see why in, in our church, and I kind of agree with them, that we shouldn't just let any old person anywhere who wants to come along and say, you know, declare themselves a prophet, that there needs to be a little bit of discernment to say, okay, when were you called? Tell me a little bit about your experience of being called to be a prophet. Because in the Bible, when prophets get called, it is a big experience. And it is uh, sometimes, like what Saul had, a prophetic frenzy. The spirit overtakes you, your whole body is moving, your whole self is caught up in it, you're not even really acting yourself, you probably look ridiculous to the outside world, but yet you are caught up in the spirit in a way where you don't care. And I think that's kind of the case of any time we're really excited and we're really in joy, we, we act however we act and we lose in the moment that self-consciousness about what everyone else is thinking. So what's another uh, takeaway about this story about Saul? Um, what else we can tell here is that, pro that the gift of the, the Spirit coming and giving the gift of prophecy, there isn't always a set pattern to it. Yes, it would make sense that those who've been in the prophetic school, and in the Old Testament there were kind of prophetic schools, uh, that they would be gifted more, but that it isn't limited to that. God calls people from all over the spectrum. And as you go through the Old Testament, you'll find everybody from priests to uh, Amos, who's a you know, tree trimmer, he's a landscaper, uh, and he get, gets called to be a prophet. But when they get called, it's, it's God doing it to them. So it, 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 it comes to you from God. It's not something that you pick. It can happen to pretty much anybody, but you gotta make sure it's really from God. And what else we can take away from here and what I like in this kind of story of Saul is something that I think we have missed in a lot of American and maybe Western Christianity is the idea of being able to worship God with our whole bodies and I know there's a lot of charismatic Christians that would laugh and go, Lars, we've been doing that forever. And you're right. 
But at least within kind of Lutheranism, we tend to get a little bit suspicious of, you know, too much body shaking, too much body moving. Uh, if somebody started really shaking and quaking and going into a frenzy, there'd probably be a lot of freak out. But the Holy Spirit's kind of gracious that way and doesn't tend to just sort of zap people and, and freak us out. The purpose of spiritual gifts is always to build up the community, build up the body. And I could imagine that as Saul is standing there outside with his band of prophets and people are watching it, that what it does is it lends some credibility to him uh, and his reign. It lends some authority to what he says and does and helps the people see that this guy is in fact chosen by God, that the, Holy, that the Spirit of God is with him and upon him. Um, so that's just a little bit about Pro prophecy, prophetic ecstasies, they do happen, but they're not really things you can chase out. They're not really things you can pursue. Uh, you can sit down in your spiritual life and you can pursue, a, you can pursue an openness to God, you can pursue an experience of God in prayer, but this particular one of prophecy is something that seems to be something that God just kinda picks for whatever his own reasons are. It's a harder one to pursue. And it is something worth asking, and I do think it is a legitimate concern to make sure that the person who's up there prophesying uh, is speaking with some authority and accountability. You know, you can't just run around and pick what you wish would happen and what you want to see and say, it's God speaking, it's prophecy. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about uh, Saul today. Uh, King Saul becoming a prophet. Has even Saul become a prophet? 1 Samuel 10. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a good week. I hope everyone's enjoying the snow and the good weather, and I hope you're able to find some time to spend with God in prayer and some time in reflection uh, here in the midst of our ongoing COVID stuff and some chance to kind of maybe open yourself up and experience God a little bit. And again, the Holy Spirit will come where it chooses, but what we can do is we can open ourselves up. So we can open ourselves up in scripture, we can open ourselves up in prayer, we can open ourselves up by sitting in silence and listening for God. And God may or may not speak in a prophetic ecstasy, but God does come to us and want to be with us. And I do believe that we are able to experience God in this world. And so I hope you'll have a, be able to get a better connection with God in your own way in the midst of all this stress and be able to experience the Holy Spirit however the Spirit chooses to come to you. So, all right, well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, I hope you all have a great day and we'll see you next time. God bless.